Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It is 8.20 here on a Thursday. What could be a historic Thursday? The nerves are starting to set in. It's it's getting nerve-wracking in here. And this is time for CounterPoint, which is brought to you by Pizzaville. Pizzaville, you can order up at uh, pizzaville.ca. I don't have my uh, phone number. What's the phone number? Let me see if I can remember the phone number all of a sudden because I've got uh, them. Anyway, uh, we'll get that in the second one. But uh, we've got, of course, Kim Wright with Kim Wright Strategies, principal over at Wright Strategy, and Anthony Fury, who's with SunPost Media. You can read him there. Hi, guys. Hello, hello. Hello, and Leska Raptors. Oh, can you believe it? I'm one more game. It's just got to end. Also, I'm not looking for could drama. Those NBA refs have not have said the ne- morning after the last game. Yeah, you know we should have oh, probably yeah. give you those fouls. <laughs> you could have just kept that to yourself. We Wr- could- write a book later. I don't yeah. care. I'm like what. What? Yeah. Write a book. <laughs> uh, well, it is the game, as we are told. It is the game. Um, let's start with this one. We got uh, Tim Hortons. They uh, seem to have tapped into the NBA Finals. This is a commercial that they put together. Take it just a quick uh, listen to it. For 24 years, I have been to every single Raptors home game. I've seen it all. Mostly from courtside, seat A12. And for the first time, Raptors are in the finals. And the whole world is looking at this seat. There you go. Uh, so that is uh, one of the super fans, probably a, a bigger star than anybody right now, Nav Batya. Uh, and they spent an awful lot of money on this commercial. This is not a cheap commercial. And this is a brand of coffee, you know, that uh, has backed hockey and certainly made a brand about that. But they're clearly, like I think so many, uh, Kim, seeing the magic that's happening, not just in Toronto, but across this country, that that there is a big audience here and a huge new opportunity. Well, it's a huge new opportunity, but it's also this an entire historic moment that any any company you know worth their salt is looking to capitalize on because this has captured the zeitgeist of not only Canadians but globally. We saw pictures in in Edinburgh today of we, with We the North. Like it, it really is beyond that. So to capture this imagination, to do this first time outside of the U.S., to have a uh, a, a sport, frankly, that's also accessible to people. I mean, hockey is an expensive sport to play. Mm. Uh, this is not. It's also uh, cold. It, <laughs> besides that. <laughs> I got to be honest. Well, no, as a parent taking their child, I was so turned off of being stuck in the cold. I got to be honest. Yeah. Not, yeah, not, look, not, as, not as the like. kid sister of a hockey brother, I, mm-hmm. I spent way too much time drinking slushies and hot chocolates in far too many arenas. But In the early mornings. In the very early mornings. Uh, but, you know, they've tapped into this. And to Tim Hortons is really good at creating that iconic moment, whether it's been with Sidney Crosby, showing him and Tim Bits hockey back in the day, now to now the superfan. 
this is this moment and every brand that really wants to connect uh, is is finding these dramatic moments. I, I saw Coca-Cola did an event with Nav the other day. He's he's finding his moment. Gee. <laughs> uh, but it's also that people are capturing this imagination of maybe it's history. Maybe this is it. For the first time since 93 when the Jays won, Canada has got a shot at this. Yeah, I mean, there there is a, a little difference here. I mean, the fans are in it because they love it. The, the corporations are in it because it's, it's very important to the their bottom line. Well, well, the thing about Nav that's so great, though, he's authentic. Yeah, you know, he's very, a day yeah. oneer. Drake, I know the city loves him, but there's a bunch of business deals going on there. It's also part of his brand Albeit and so he forth. He branded Nav. them, like he elevated them true, to an true. audience, and and he he changed the logo. He kind of gussied it up. So you, he does deserve credit where it's due. But, but, he's but not Nav is yeah. Nav yeah. is the kind of. Everyday you know, the guy, the immigrant guy. story. Yeah. And his personal story yep. of, you know, everything he built and so forth. It's, it's really impressive. You know, and I get it why Tim Hortons would latch onto. And they need this, too, because mm-hmm. the Tim oh, Hortons brand is not doing so well. And it's not Hugely it's not the great Canada brand it once was. So so they need this for themselves. And uh, to see this this new sport kind of emerge, like, I mean, it's not a new sport, obviously, but to see this emerge as a, as one of Canada's sports, that's the, the fascinating yeah. thing we're seeing right now. Yeah. But it's also interesting, you know, to your, to your point, though, about uh, Tim Hortons sort of needing this to capture this moment. There haven't, much like there isn't a, and a, you know, one particular radio station or TV station because of. Are the, there others? Because of, no, no, absolutely. This is the only one. <laughs> ex- yeah, uh, but, uh, but there, because of the dilution of the media market, it, it doesn't have that same iconic appointment viewing type of thing. And the same for a lot of the corporations that they haven't had that right. moment that really is like, yeah, I need to go and, and do this. They're having moments and they're figuring out how to dissect uh, the media markets. And hopefully for for Tim Hortons, this is one of those. Oh, right. I remember how much I really like to go and go Get and be part of this. Morning. Yeah, well, maybe they should just fix the menu. Tim, fix the menu. Tim, next, go back to next, being next doing, doing Timbits uh, Tim basketball. Timbits poutine uh, or whatever. Yeah. I ate that fried chicken sandwich. I just want to say I don't recommend it. <laughs> the one at Tim Hortons. Do it. Just stick to the coffee and donuts. Oh, I'm not, no, that's I why like, I don't go. The I new like, one, the chicken burger uh, thing, see, not I'm just a, the long-term sandwiches I'm a big fan of their, their chicken wrap and their chicken salad. Can we salad? not talk Those about food? I've fine. been on a diet now for five days, and this is, like, I've, there's a reason there's a cucumber here. I'm, are, I'm starving. Okay, let's right, get so, off the food menu. So next time I come, I'll do a side uh, Next time, I hopefully won't be on this diet, but your guys Cucumbers are 98% water. Yes, exactly. green paint on the outside. I think Toronto is about 90% water, too. Today. Well, that's Goodness. why I'm about to go off because I'm starving. That's why I good. forgot the pizza Al- bill number. I'm like, what? what? Oh, because I want to order pizza. This yeah. is good. Hangry. Hangry it's yeah. a very good way to be. Um, as predicted, with any tax that apparently does not earn you money, as we all knew it did not, um, <laughs> the Trudeau government would have to put an additional carbon tax worth of at least $50 a ton on greenhouse gas emissions to achieve those Paris targets that we're not going to meet. This does not come from any political party. It comes from the parliamentary budget officer. And didn't we tell you so, Anthony? Uh, well, a lot of people, including the U.N., said 150 uh, per said ton 50, had to be. I Weren't they up at like some no, no, crazy? No, they went crazy. Yeah. They said $150 per ton 
to $5,000 per ton, which if you calculate it, means the average person would pay $120,000 a year <laughs> in carbon tax. Uh, but, you know, I guess maybe the rebate can also be $120,000. Yeah, you know, look how rich, like, I mean, you can make these scams work any sort of way you want here. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the challenge here. And as many people, Elizabeth May likes to harp on about this as well, that uh, Justin Trudeau has really just made the same promises that Stephen Harper made yeah. in terms of reducing emissions. You know, the Paris deal, I mean, the problem with it is once the United States left it, well, then you have a major player gone from that. And then with countries like China and Russia, you have to believe they're being honest. And do you believe them? I don't. So, I, I mean, I have a lot of questions about why. If we want to voluntarily do stuff to, mm-hmm. to improve the environment, deal with emissions, so be it. But the fact we signed some document that I have a lot of questions about it and, and the, the green fund that comes with it and so forth, I do not think that is is, is what we should be doing. we got to reassess this whole thing because the more we get into it and the deeper it gets, the more kind of the more questions there are, the more it kind of unspools. Yeah, right. And so this becomes, I think, problematic for a number of reasons, certainly because um, next week Andrew Shear is going to roll out his environmental plan. And they will have a lot to play with here, Kim, because they can look at these numbers and say, look, you're not even going to meet your targets. But now this independent uh, agency is saying that you're going to have to raise taxes. And so it becomes a, almost a hidden agenda uh, attack for Shear that he can go after Trudeau. Well, that he can or maybe he will. And certainly he will on, on the cost of this. And any, everybody likes to bring out the parliamentary budget officer on these things. I was a bit surprised. Well, An- who else would you bring out? Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> was know, a bit surprised was that Andrew Scheer telegraphed a week in advance that he was going to do this environmental uh, platform. He actually started talking about it a few weeks ago, that it was coming eventually. And then he put a date on it. But... To have something like that so far out. Well, that means they either very much believe in it. It it has to be extraordinary at this point. He has got to be Captain Green Canada uh, and never take a plane anywhere else because his carbon footprint's got to be ridiculously small on this. Or the opposite. He's saying we don't actually need that much of a plan. Screw it, which is what I hope he'll do. I don't think he will, though. (laughs) I don't think think you telegraph that there's going to be this massive climate environmental agenda. No, but you know, if he was really smart, then he would we can do something very easily. And that is fix and um, modernize and make the recycling industry across this country better, make a state-of-the-art recycling, you know, but that's, to me, the environmental plan that we need. Uh, I am with you 100%. People have heard me talk about this significantly, (laughs) about the lack of investment in infrastructure on on, uh, recycling programs. When people try to bring bioplastics or compostable plastics into the marketplace, they are practically shunned and laughed out of municipalities across Canada because they don't want to invest in that infrastructure. I think we really need to have that grown-up conversation about what to what do we need to do. All right, uh, let's take a quick break. Yeah, let's take a quick break here, and we'll pick up the rest of our topics uh, in just a minute. Lots of uh, news going on. By the way, we've got a little guest here. We've got Andrew, who is Anthony's son. He, quiet as a mouse. Good job, Andrew. Good job. This, of course, has been brought to you by Pizzaville, 416-736-3636. This is not a number on my diet, okay? I cannot call this number until at least next week. Or you can head on over to pizzaville.ca. Yes, I do. <laughs> Welcome back for part two of uh, Counterpoint here in just a minute. Trust me, I'm drinking it by the bucket in my paper box thingy, bucket thingy. We'll be back for part two of Counterpoint in just a minute here on Point on Global News Radio. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It is 8.35 here on a Thursday night. 
We've got part two of our counterpoint, which is brought to you by Pizzaville, 416-736-3636 or pizzaville.ca. We've got Kim Wright and Anthony Fury in the house. Little mini Andrew here looks, by the way, just like you with his whole Pokemon collection that he just taught me how Pikachu wins all the points. Um, let's talk a little bit about a Toronto area organization. And this is a story that Global News' Stuart uh, Bell has done. He's been working on this for a long time. But there's a Toronto area organization that's been suspended by charity regulators, fined $550,000 over concerns that it, oh, it may have funded armed militants in Pakistan. Yet it somehow got a federal summer jobs grant program. This is the Islamic Society of North America. And the CRA uh, issued a one-year suspension that it is still serving. And yet somehow... In 2019, it got a grant approval, and the minister today says she is reviewing this. How the hell does this happen? (laughs) And there are not that many of these grants out there. It's Mm. not like everybody just getting a tax credit and it flows through the system and no one looks at it. They do look at these applications. The Liberal government and Justin Trudeau in particular, we used to use the phrase soft on terror a lot. That's kind of gone from the parlance now, I guess, because we're no longer, you know, doing the war with Al-Qaeda and so forth. Trudeau kind of takes that to a new level. There's been a lot of weird things happening the past few years on a number of files, we have to give convicted terrorists back their citizenship. We have to do that. And by the way, I'm not connecting this group right. with terror. I just mean sort of extreme and all that kind of stuff because it's just the CRA thing. Omar Khadr, we got to give that's the we got to give them the 10 million. It's the only thing we can do, and so forth. Not even giving it the old college try. This group, I mean, if they're in this in this uh, tricky situation right here because of or at this, least under review by a federal government agency. Yeah, you, you don't give them this for these alleged connections. You just do not give this to them. Them. And it's incredibly problematic. And, you know, there's there's a, a number of other uh, concerns about it. Why don't they cross-reference these lists? Because we've learned when they're appointing judges, they cross-reference it right. with the liberal fundraising <laughs> database. Yeah. And yet they can't cross-reference giving out taxpayer money to a group that's been flagged by the CRA for, for extremist connections. Not, not to mention, Kim, I mean, the other side of this is that, you know, a whole bunch of groups were denied, uh, Christian uh, charity groups were denied funding because they wouldn't say that they were pro-choice. They just wouldn't put that on a document. Um, and so the, the program's clearly very flawed, but I'd like to know who the hell's re- reviewing it. It's it's as much as a, you know, there should be a good for the goose, good for the gander type of argument on this. It really comes down to the lack of an integrated database on these types of programs. How do you go through this and not have... I don't know, flagged that people might have I would some think issues. that there's got to be a computer program that, like, if we're going to give a program out, let's look at the CRA. I mean, there has to be. It's 2019. And these well, have been you big news so. headlines. You would think so. Because but Stuart's it, been looking into this now for a couple of years. You would think yeah. that some of these databases would talk to each other or, you know, maybe somebody decided to override it. There are lots of questions mm. about this. Yeah. If there is a database, why didn't it catch it? If there isn't a database, why isn't there a database? And more, moreover, politically, how did someone not see this? and go, hmm. Or did they see it and say, eh, we'll pass. Yeah, we'll like just, there are lots we'll more questions yeah. and answers on this, but I think that's, I think moving forward, uh, there there are going to be a lot more questions on how did, how did this slip through the cracks, quote well, unquote. There's yeah. about 20 groups that have similar sounding names and you hear this and then you've had other groups in the news for CRA stuff and alleged funding Hamas and so forth. So you hear one group, you go, oh, is it the same one? Well, I might check. I should go and be proactive and check to see if this is this group. So I don't even, I think Kim makes a great point about the database, but I still think the person working on this file should just be proactive too. Also, think. if they Google, see, when the, also, <laughs> Yeah, the Google machine. Not, yeah. not to put too fine a point on it, but sometimes these guys are 
you know, they're still getting hung up in some of that Phoenix database. Oh, uh, the one that, had, that we where spent they, billions where, and others are going to buy a whole new system? And moreover than that, the people just haven't been paid. No, I know. Yeah, for like awful. three years. And, you know, people, lo- you know, were losing their houses, their apartments, their their medical funding. Like Maybe they can apply for things. one of these five jobs. I mean... Yeah, the like maybe we no. maybe we figure out some databases and you know more than an Excel spreadsheet somewhere yeah. along the line. That would be good. I'm just saying. The Ford government uh, will spend 190 million in a one-time cost to package out 2,400 public sector workers who have left voluntarily. This is going to save 215 million starting in 2021-22. And this was announced to uh, by Treasury Board Peter Bethlenfalvy. Um, they got about 3,300 applications for this transition exit initiative. Um, it tells me that there were clearly a lot of people that were like, I'll take it. No problem. So there is, you know, you don't have to fire anyone. There are a lot of people that just want to go. Well, there's also a lot of people who are like, I don't want to stick around. So there's, did I, do I stay or do I go? Or am I going to be, do I think I'm just going to get fired out anyway? So I might as well take the money and run. There are lots of every, every person in that has a different story as to why they chose to take the opt out package uh, or not. I think one of the things you know, I, I would look at the amount of people who decided to take this, uh, and hopefully, these are not people in roles that, uh, frankly, are necessary. And, right, but I, I mean, I don't think anyone would take a buyout if they weren't prepared. Because I mean, I, I would think that if, probably a large number of these people are nearing that age of retirement, or maybe they're not the unionized part of the public sector who say, you know what, now is my time to go. I'll go do something else. Well, who knows where they're at, but yeah, involuntary buyouts, I mean, it's something you generally do before you're planning to bring the axe down further and more on others. Now, the attrition numbers are so high, or the rollover is so high in the Ontario government that I would think you could go from the voluntary buyout to attrition and then more or less get what you want, and you can also sort of cancel contractors and not renew their contracts without actually having to do layoffs uh, later on when you're looking to meet your targets. One thing, wherever these people are in these positions, if we're going to be rehiring some of them, the one structural thing that I wish they had done in the past uh, budget that they did not do was look at harmonizing that cost discrepancy between public and private sector. All those reports, right. Alex, we've yeah. had over the years that show there's an 11% premium now. Mm-hmm. Public servant workers are paid 11% more than their private sector counterparts. When And I'm not saying pe- I want to take away 10% of people's salaries that they used to support their families. I'm saying when people leave, when we rehire that position, you do it. At 10% less, or you hold the line for a couple of years and don't give them sure. uh, that position any salary, so you, you let inflation take care of that. So right. hopefully, uh, Peter Bethlenfalvy, who's a pretty, uh, Who pretty savvy get financial mind, I mean, he's been should a very do that impressive. sort of stuff. Yeah, look, I think for for those who hate Doug Ford, Peter Bethlenfalvy is a pretty hard guy to hate. He's actually a really thoughtful guy running this thing. So Yeah, there's some there are some people who are probably... Uh, going to be shuffled but we'll talk about that and i think day. he will be probably one of them because yeah. he's, he's been very impressive shuffled up not yep. shuffled out yeah uh, I, I don't have a lot of time for this but it is such a big story because there's a lot of action on china in the headlines and with everything going on in hong kong now we've got this headline uh jean chrétien has been now floating the idea of having canada's justice minister just stop you know stop that whole u.s extradition thing of uh huawei exec meng Wanzhou. you know That'll normalize um, relations. We've got China telling us to basically butt out of the Hong Kong thing. Clearly, we're in a lot of trouble with uh, China. And Chrétien, uh, Anthony, has basically uh, told 
the Canadian government, yeah, just just break the laws and piss off all your international allies and look like a weakling. And the Hong Kong issue and the Tiananmen Square anniversary censorship shows us exactly why we should not be doing that and why when China keeps trying to turn the screws on us, we do what we can to make it clear to them that we're not going to tolerate that because at a certain point along the way, whether it's this year, five years from now, 10 years from now, we're going to be in a crazy place like some of these other countries are where they're pushing us to join right. into one of their initiatives and so forth. Andrew Shear's saying proactive stuff like we got to leave the Asian Investment Infrastructure Bank. China's basically trying to replace the World Bank and the IMF mm-hmm. so that they dominate world finance, not the U.S. We got to say no to all that stuff. I mean, what Kretchen is proposing, it's really disappointing because he's, when you compare him to Trudeau, you say he's the smart level liberal, he's the financially savvy liberal. I mean, this is not an acceptable thing at all to be doing. And I think it's because his consultancies are with companies yeah. that have a lot of connections to China. They want things to go back to normal so they can get more deals brokered and move towards their trade deals. It's, it's, it's sacrifice Sacrificing really your own country for money. Yeah, it's chaotic. Uh, 30 seconds. Do you want to solve China in 30 seconds? You know, magic wand, all of it. But look, there is a whole new world balance that's that's occurring that I'm not entirely certain that the prime minister uh, and his team have really gotten their heads wrapped around. Do you think? Uh, I'm being diplomatic. <laughs> their, and and frankly, the fact that we have a lack water. of a diplomatic uh, leadership uh, when it comes to China, we haven't replaced on a, on a full-time basis, former ambassador, ambassador McCallum, we're, ma- we're managing a tight rope between the U.S. and China. There are far too many things. And if you're going to be the leader of a G- G7 nation, whether it's Prime Minister Andrew Scheer, Jagmeet Singh, or anyone else, you better have a better set of solutions than this. Yeah, it looks just slightly chaotic. All right, guys, I got to leave it there. But I thank you so much, Kim Wright. And I thank you so much, Anthony. Thank you. And I thank you very much, Andrew. I loved your Pikachu collection. It was awesome, and you were awesome. This segment of Counterpoint, of course, brought to you by Pizzaville, 416-736-3636, or Pizzaville. How do you forget that number? Uh, Pizzaville.ca. Order it now. They'll be flooded with business tonight because it is game six of the final. We're going to bring it home tonight here on Point on Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.